morning, everyone. Hope your Thursday is off to a great start. And welcome to Between the Horns. I'm J.B. Long, alongside team reporter Serena Morales. Looks like uh, DeMarco Farr is already at 710 ESPN, set to tape our Thursday radio show. I'm here. Let's go. We'll join you there momentarily. And uh, Maurice Jones-Drew is already bragging about the 1,200 calories he burned this morning in Manhattan Beach. Way to go, Mo. Thank you. I'm uh, DeMarco, we had this wager last year. You thought I was playing? I'm taking it serious. Skinny what, what, buck. What wager are you talking about? Didn't we talk about who's going to lose the most weight? Before See, the, you be making up these bets, man. I don't um, know what you're talking about. We can make one right now, though. <laughs> we talked about this. I'm on a mission. <laughs> Just like All right, the- everyone, Wolf, the name uh, sounds familiar. What started as a podcast has now become this live weekly show on the Rams' digital and social platforms. We will also turn it into a podcast, though, Serena, for those that prefer to listen to us and not look at us or simply have things to do at 9 a.m. on a Thursday morning. Crazy talk. Today we're going to get you up to speed on everything Rams. Week one win against the Cowboys. We'll get you ready for week two as the Rams are hitting the road for the first time, heading to Philly to take on the Eagles, gentlemen. Yeah, let's go around the horn real quick and just get a takeaway, a big picture thought on the win on Sunday Night Football over the Dallas Cowboys in week one. Maurice, you want to go first? Yeah, to, to, to be honest, I, the addition by subtraction, I think when you let go of Todd Gurley, it was going to be how you're going to run the ball. The Rams had over 150 rush yards uh, between three or four different guys. We had Jared Goff with a, a scramble or two. I thought that was phenomenal in your first outing against a Cowboys defense that has been built uh, to stop the run and force allow those run defenders to get going. But the Rams and their offensive line did a great job on uh, week one. Yeah, I, I thought the team, both teams did really well handling the, I guess, the environment, the lack of, you know, the crowd. There was no crowd there. and But it felt like a real football game. It was a real football game. Uh, I thought Jared Goff did a really good job of point and shoot. Uh, he wasn't asked to do much, looking downfield too much. And I thought Sean McVay schemed his butt off and – uh, I think the defense came ready to play. I like the Brandon Staley scheme. I like the defense. Aaron Donald has uh, created a new pass rush move, which is I pick you up and throw you into the quarterback. That's new. I don't think that can be taught, but I like that when he does it to the other team. So, yeah, it was a good week one win. It was a good win for uh, to, to get one in the NFC. Hopefully you can get one this week versus Philly. It'll really put you up in September. Yeah, JB, aren't you glad? I mean, it was a nice balanced pass and run game. 153 mm-hmm. yards on the ground, 275 yards in the air. This is all I wanted to see out of our offense. Share the ball. More the merrier. Yeah, I think back to 2019 and how it was a season-long struggle to define an identity offensively. I think from the jump, the Rams were able to carry over what they found in December and make sure that they communicated clearly to the Cowboys and to the NFC and the NFL we plan to be the hammer again this season and not the nail. I think Sean McVay was really pleased that they were a tough, physical group, well-conditioned in the opener. Um, and then I think, in, not a negative takeaway, but something to correct for week two coming off of that Cowboys game has to be tackling, right? How much of that was not having a traditional preseason? How much of that was just the pure and, and uh, violent talent of the Dallas Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott, and how much of it is something that might be a problem for this Rams defense moving forward. I think we'll get a better picture in week two. All right, guys. Well, we can't help but even realize that Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, their careers will be forever linked because they went one and two in the 2016 draft, and we always like to compare QBs. They're going against each other. How do you guys see them? If we just line them up next to each other, who has had the better start to their career? Like, can you even make a case for Jared Goff? I'll start with you, MJD. 
Uh, I think you can. Um, Jared took his team to the Super Bowl, period, point blank. I mean, you, you bring a quarterback in to win. I know Carson Wentz had a great year, then got injured, and I think that's kind of been his situation uh, since he's been in the league. It's just injuries have piled up, similar to that whole Eagles uh, organization and that team over the last couple of years. But Jared Goff willed his team in the NFC Championship game against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans to a Super Bowl. Now, people are going to say, well, Wentz did the same thing. No, Nick Foles came in late that year and made the run throughout the playoffs, and then they won a Super Bowl. But as long as until Carson Wentz gets to the big game by himself, it's going to be tough to say, you know, for at least for me, is you know, it's, I think they were both great picks, but one is Jared is a little bit ahead just because he made it to the dance. Wow. Uh, this is tough, and this is going to sound funny. I wouldn't mind picking second with either one. Uh, they're both good. It just depends on what you want to do offensively. I, I think they couldn't be more different uh, at how they attack on offense. I, I think Carson Wentz is more – Ben Roethlisberger-like, which means I'll stand in the pocket and I'll wait to the last nanosecond searching for a deep ball downfield. And that's – it's a big play offense. And he was an MVP candidate until he got hurt here in Los Angeles. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And Jared Goff is a guy like – he plays better with a good running attack where you can open up play action, you can create space. I think Sean McVay works with him really well. Um, but they're both successful. And – you know, who's ahead at this point, it's really tough to say. But I will say this. I think they're both – they both should be playing their best football to date when they meet this Sunday in Philadelphia. So, I think this is still yet to be determined. Um, maybe we'll see Carson Wentz for a complete game. Uh, the last two games, he's been out before, you know, the fourth fourth quarter gun. So, we'll see. Um, but down the stretch, I, I still think this is neck and neck. I mean, stat-wise, they're close. I think Carson Wentz is a little bit better in terms of touchdown passes and, and fewer interceptions thrown. But they've both been great. Um, they both have gotten their team into the Super Bowl picture. Nick Foles finished it off for Carson Wentz, but you can't say it was all Foles. I mean, Carson Wentz was there, but Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl. He lost to uh, the, the Patriots. We know that. But uh, I, I think this is still coming down to the wire. But as of right now, it just depends on what type of system you want to run. I think they're both perfect for the systems they're in. Mark, you're right, and it's pretty rare for quarterbacks to go one-two and both become franchise guys, and that's what the Eagles and the Rams have right now in Wentz and Goff. It also stood out to me, like you said, the difference in the way they were utilized in week one. Uh, I think Sean McVay knew exactly what he wanted to do with Jared Goff and his offense, and other than a penalty here, an interception with a, a roughing the passer that wasn't called there, they were able to execute that plan flawlessly. Second shortest depth of target for the Rams in the NFL last week. Most pre-snap motion. L.A. ran it 40 times. Conversely, Wentz dropped back and held on to the football behind a patchwork offensive line and was sacked a career-high eight times, had no running game, and attempted the third most deep shots in the NFL in week one. And reading the press clippings around Philadelphia, a lot of them sent around this sentiment like, hey, I thought we, I thought he learned this lesson. Why is this still happening in 2020, Serena? Maybe he looked like Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, like <laughs> right at the end where like every single evil human was ready to yes. like attack Carson Wentz. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jon Snow, get rid of the ball now. So yeah, I, um, I think if you're Carson Wentz, you have some worrying to do because I, not, no offense to the Reds, uh, the Washington football team's um, defensive line, although 99 looked impressive. Um, there is no Aaron Donald um, on that Washington defensive line, and they're coming for once. No, they were good, though. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan is a guy that you have to watch out for. 
And Chase Young is a guy that's on the rise, and they got some pretty good interior guys. So uh, I think a lot of those sacks, I, I'd say what, maybe five, four maybe? I mean, four at the most or four at the least were all on Carson Wentz holding the ball too long. Get rid of it. So I don't know if that's game plan or if that's just him or a little bit of both, but I, I don't see the same thing happening this week. I, they're going to have to change up even if they get healthy on the offensive line. Let's transition to the head coaches who both happen to be offensive play callers. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but every time there's like a head coaching NFL ranking that places Sean McVay above Doug Peterson or gives McVay a lot of credit at the expense of Doug Peterson, Philly gets all riled up because they feel like they like their guy just as much as LA likes its guy. And oh, by the way, they've got a ring to show for it. And the Eagles have defeated Sean head to head in both of their meetings outside the NFC West. The Eagles are the only team in fact, to beat Sean McVay's Rams twice. How do you see the head coaches squaring off in week two of 2020? Well, for me, I, I think, again, Doug Peterson just has a great feel for Aaron Donald and company. And it might have been because of Wade Phillips. It might have been because he understood Wade is going to be a very simple defensive coordinator, try to rush five, get guys uh, to the quarterback. I, I'm interested to see how they attack Brandon Staley's defense. A little bit different. They're going to drop certain guys. They're going to bring blitzes here and there. Um, and, and so it, that'll be interesting. But uh, similar to what DeMarco said, and, and Serena, you cannot hold the ball against this Rams defensive line. It doesn't matter who is out there. They're finding ways to get pressure. When Aaron's not doing it, it's Michael Brockers or Leonard Floyd. Uh, other guys are getting to the quarterback as well. So um, I, I think, again, he's done a great job. The Eagles have done a great job of using that RPO system in the past to kind of slow Aaron Donald down and, and, and get the ball out pretty quickly. I wonder if they're going to go back to that. Cause when you do watch the Washington tape, I mean, it seemed like everything was 15 to 20 yards down the field. It wasn't like they were running slants and outs and things like they were trying to take big chunks. And that was a game plan going forward because they have so much speed out there. I wonder if they try to switch that up this week, not only because of the line, but that's been the game plan. Every time they play the Rams is quick, uh, maybe a run fake or run the ball and quick passes out to get their quarterback in rhythm. No doubt. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's Sean McVay versus Jim Schwartz actually, and their defensive coordinator in Philly and what he's going to try to do to disrupt uh, that offense. Now I, I went to the Dallas locker room after the game last week and I wanted to see Greg Zerline say hi, say hi to some coaches that we knew. And I saw some of their defensive coaches that I knew coming out. And to a man, they all walked by me and said, man, that guy can scheme. That guy can mm. scheme. It wasn't about Jared Goff. It wasn't about Robert Woods or run after catch. It was Sean McVay and his scheme. So, And we talked about this before Dallas. I said, I'd be shocked if the Dallas Cowboy offense could play the third boot correctly because you're not <laughs> going to expect it. Well, now it's on film. There's a lot of stuff to watch. There's a lot of keys to get into. So it's going to be a little bit tougher to create that space versus Philly than it was against Dallas and Dallas's defensive line, I think at least in the interior is going to be better. So it's going to be tougher, but there's a lot more for Sean McVay to play play action off of because of how he ran the football, pulling guards and whatnot. There's going to be different keys for them to have to pick up on. And uh, before you know it, it's going to be the third quarter before you've gotten off the field defensively. So uh, it's going to be tough. We'll see what Schwartz has, uh, what he can do to try to keep Jared Goff in the pocket or Sean McVay at bay. But, with these play actions, with the bootlegs, the fact that Jared Goff can boot either direction and throw accurately, it's going to be tough for that defense to stop. Same thing on the other side uh, for the Rams defense. Uh, the, the Eagles aren't going to let Aaron Donald do what he does best, which is just wreck shop. So I love the fact that Leonard Floyd showed up 
Uh, but the one thing I didn't like about Leonard Floyd showing up was it took too long for him to do it. So uh, they're going to have a plan for Aaron to make sure he doesn't wreck their game plan and force others around him to make plays. So let's hope you don't have to wait two and a half quarters for those others to show up to make plays. Real quick, I have to say this. The one matchup that we have to watch, though, is going to be Fletcher Cox versus Austin Blythe. That's where, let's remember, every time the Eagles have played the Rams, when they get into third down, third and five, third and six, Fletcher Cox goes over the center, and in the past, he's literally picked the center up and threw him into Jared Goff. We know Jared likes to, at least in front of him, to be stout so he can step up. Uh, That is going to be something that the Rams are going to have to focus on because if Fletcher Cox takes over this game, especially in the interior, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a big problem to try to overcome. Yeah, he's, he's Aaron Donald without the get-off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but he's one of three kind of high-level thoughts that I have about the two meetings between McVay's Rams and the Eagles to this point. Yes, he was disruptive and a big part of why the defense found success. The Eagles getting off to quick starts and playing from in front and Philadelphia winning the turnover battle. Those, to me, are kind of the common themes. And the other thought I had was reflecting on that second meeting at the Coliseum. That, unfortunately, was kind of the beginning of the end for Ty Gurley's tenure with the Rams. He had, uh, I think, 3.8 yards per carry and 4.2 yards per target in the passing game since that point. It had been 4.8 and almost twice that through the passing game. So he was never the, the same impact player offensively for the Rams after that second loss to the Eagles. The other thought I have is this starts a stretch in the schedule now in September where the Rams will play on the East Coast in the early window in three out of the next four games. Typically, that gives West Coast teams a lot of problems. However, for whatever reason, that's been the best time zone for Sean McVay and his Rams when you take the East Coast and beyond and, play, and wrap London into it. Uh, in fact, they've never lost an early window game in the East Coast. So we'll see what happens on uh, the natural surface in Philadelphia in front of an, an empty CenturyLink. I like that. Or Link, Lincoln Financial, not CenturyLink. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> we, got, we got one more game, JB, before. Uh, to your point, JB, I think if we didn't see a, a balanced run and passing game against the Cowboys, there would be more concern. But I think Sean McVay has really come to appreciate uh, offensive coordinator like Kevin O'Connell to give him some extra support so he can focus on the big scheme versus let me focus on Jared Goff in this offense. We're going to get to a couple of fan questions now. Um, thanks for everyone who sent in questions uh, tonight and or last night and this morning. Our first fan question comes from Nick Bowder on Twitter. Do you think Acres, Cam Acres, will get things going this week? I know it's only week two, but uh, he's seen good things. Uh, he had 39 yards on the ground in his NFL debut. Yeah, I, I th- I, it may not be this week. It may not be next week, but you, he's doing the right things. He's making the right reads. He's putting his foot in the ground. And that's all you can ask, especially from a young back. I know everyone saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's a different situation there, right? Uh, there was a play shown in that game with the Chiefs versus the Texans where Patrick Mahomes literally hands the ball off and the safeties are still backpedaling. I mean, like, so people are more afraid of that arm strength and that pass than they are the running game. So don't try to compare Cam to some of these other guys. I think Cam has made all the right reads. He's running hard. And it'll eventually pop for him. And so we saw it pop for Malcolm Brown later in the game. And eventually, as Cam gets going and gets more comfortable, you'll start to see more of his playmaking ability. But again, as long as he's doing the little things right, making the, doing the right uh, aiming points, right reads, all those things, it'll start to kind of pile up and he'll break one. No doubt. Serena, two things. One, when you talk about an offensive coordinator, you can tell Sean McVay likes to have an offensive coordinator because it allows him to walk onto the field and yell at the officials for missing missing, uh, hands to the face on Jared Goff. 
he's got a guy that can handle that now, so he can go scream at people. So that's cool for him. Uh, going back to Cam Akers, um, I agree. I I think, and Maurice, tell me if I'm wrong. I think he was an eyelash away from breaking some some nice chunk runs. Maybe not distance runs, but some nice chunk runs. No, you're exactly right. There was a couple times he stumbled through the hole where, you know, you picked your feet up uh, and you see him. He, he knew it, too. But, again, yeah. in your first NFL game, I remember my first NFL game, like, it was against the Cowboys, and I got a couple runs, and I was getting, like, shoelace tackled. They're like, what's wrong with you? I was like, bro, it's my first NFL game. It's like, just I'm one of the things. Yeah. Right? I, I, I'm not comfortable yet. So, as I said, let him get comfortable. He'll be fine. But I, I like the way he kept coming back at it. And this is funny, and this is how funny football is. It's the ultimate team sport. I'd say 90% of the times when those runs didn't work, it wasn't him. It was someone in front of him getting beat at right. one guy in particular. It seemed like every time Joseph Noteboom had a tough go, you know, with run blocking, it was always on a Cam Akers carry. So I think the better they get up front, especially Boom working with Whitworth on that side, the better they get, the better he's going to get, the more blocking he's going to get. And you know, the kid's got ability. So I think that game last week was perfect for a guy like Malcolm Brown. I really, I mean, you got to run like a sewing machine, your nose six inches from the ground and you're running the contact. I think this game versus Billy could be the same way, but as Cam Akers keeps getting carries and that offensive line keeps gelling together, I think we're going to see some, some nice little cutbacks, some explosive runs out of him. Team, I know this question was about Cam Akers, but I actually left SoFi Stadium on Sunday night thinking about Daryl Henderson. And as much as uh, Sean McVay likes to talk about marrying the running game, the passing game, making everything look similar, I'm not sure that Daryl still doesn't threaten the perimeter of a defense as well or better than the other two options in this running back stable right now. I know he's still kind of nursing the hamstring, maybe was on a pitch count in week one. But, man, when I think about some of the juice he showed in Atlanta or in those early carries against the San Francisco 49ers, I still have visions of him being, you know, the perfect weapon to deploy in this offense. He'll get there. Just don't be mad. Just wait your turn. It'll come. <laughs> well, let's be honest. I mean, Sean McVay did something that we haven't seen in a long time with the running game, and that's running out of shotgun, right? And, yeah. you know, I think, again, as everyone gets more comfortable, like – got to remember this is his first game call it was his first time calling plays in that atmosphere in 2020 it was the first time everyone was out there against a, uh, an opponent in 2020 so everyone's going to get better and that's yeah. the most important part the offensive line will get better Sean will get better calling plays the running backs will run better they'll they'll start to do different things and this offense will continue to grow and blossom and then explode you said it. Right, oh yeah go ahead JB Sorry, Serena, let's kind of move into the rapid-fire portion of the program as we approach the bottom of the hour here, and uh, we'll just kind of speed through some of these, everyone. Which Eagles team do you expect? Because it was a tale of two halves in Washington last week. The Eagles that got off to a 17-0 start or the Eagles who uh, blew that lead and uh, squandered the final 27 points? It's going to be – I think it's going to be the Eagles that with the start for me. Um, anytime Philadelphia gets on Doug Peterson, anytime – uh, Carson plays that way, they tend to bounce back, like most teams in the NFL. Um, and on top of that, they, they fare well. They match up well against the Rams. So I expect the, the team that started 17-0 that jumped out to a big lead, they're going to use both those tight ends in the passing game. Um, you're going to ask, you know, Taylor Rapp and, and some of your linebackers to cover these guys, and they're going to have to be locked up on them. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a similar approach. It's going to be the same Philadelphia Eagles squad. I mean, that was the same one that jumped out to the lead is the same one that gave it back. But their defense played great last week. They did. I think they gave up the fewest yards of anybody 
in week one, and they still lost. Um, I think you're going to see a better Carson Wentz. I think you're going to see a guy that gets the ball out of his hands a little bit better, a little bit faster, and uh, cut down on the turnovers. Four is too many. One is too many. Four will just kill you. So I don't think you'll see that guy. So I think that playoff bound, that Super Bowl mentality, Philadelphia Eagles squad is still there. They just kind of let it get away from them versus Washington. And Haskins was a little bit better in the second half than people gave him credit for. So uh, I, I think you're going to see the best of Philadelphia. Hopefully we'll see the best of the Rams as well. Should we go round Robin and just see individual matchups that stand out to us? There was sure. no, Desha no Deshaun Jackson, but I really want to see him and Jalen Ramsey mm. go at it. <laughs> I just want to see the chirping. I want to see it. Don't wear gold chains. <laughs> somebody's getting their chain snatched do um, that, that would have been that. fun um you know i know maurice I, you're gonna go tight ends linebackers right no no i already told you my matchup oh be, okay it's hard center guard versus fletcher cox that is that is the matchup yeah. of the game either they slow him down they stop yeah. him from penetrating or they let him wreck the game and you're gonna see an offense that just can't do what they normally what they did last week Give Malik Jackson. And the other way, too, Maurice. Yeah. Give Malik Jackson. Guard center guard on the other side of the ball. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry, as well, yes. I was going to say guard center guard against Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers on the other side of the football, too. I think that's where the game's won or lost this week. No doubt. I'll go tight ends versus the Rams. Three safety look, Taylor Rapp, Fuller, John Johnson third, or Micah Kaiser versus the like, because here's what Philadelphia will probably do. They're going to start in 12 and see how you line up. If you line up with three safeties, guess what they're going to do? They're going to run the football. They're going to run the football and, and, and expect those safeties to come up and run fits. Uh, so if you try to cover those tight ends with linebackers, they'll start throwing the football. So I'll go those tight ends, both of those good ones, Ertz, Goddard, versus the, the, the Rams three safety look, and then Micah Kaiser and linebackers trying to fill in, trying to cover those guys in passing downs. Serena, I'm with you in terms of that uh, featured receiver corner matchup, but uh, I'm also concerned about Jalen Rager, the rookie out of TCU, because in week one, it was not the Sean Jackson getting deeper than the deepest. It was that rookie who had the 55-yarder and probably should have had a couple more explosive plays too. So whoever the Rams kind of put over the top of him, I think will have their hands full. And then how can we not talk about Cooper Cup and Nikel Roby Coleman? What a matchup that's going to be in the slot. Wow. So fun. Former Ram, just from last – and now they have Jamon Brown – on the Eagles, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun little matchup. Quickly to close it out, we'll go around the room and each pick our Rams fantasy picks to click for week two at Philly. MJD, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I was going to say Cooper Cup, but I'm going to go with Malcolm <laughs> Brown again, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think Malcolm Brown in the tight red zone, uh, what we saw last week, you're going to have to get that type of production from him again. Uh, he may not get as much – this week as he did in between the 20s. But when you get in that red zone, you're going to need the guy to run behind his pads and run through guys. Uh, and after going back and watching the game and listening to our call, I have to do a better job of saying Malcolm Brown versus a safety. I like that matchup. But it, it's a matchup you like. Anytime it's Malcolm Brown versus anyone in the secondary, I'll take that every day of the week uh, because he's going to dominate those guys because they're not used to tackling, especially a guy with the size and the ability of him as him. I'll take Mal versus any safety except when we get to Seattle. That's a different animal. Yeah, yeah, different we ain't there yet. You know, um, God, it's hard for me not to take Cooper Cup, especially since he's going to be punt returning as well, right? You get points for that in fantasy. Yeah, you um, do. But I'll go with Tyler Higby, the tight end. 
I think Philadelphia is kind of thin at linebacker. Um, I, it's, I think they're going to have to play more man coverage versus Sean McVay in this offense, which is going to open things up uh, for those tight ends. And I look back, uh, Tyler Higby's two games versus Philadelphia, two catch, 14 yards. He was actually held to zero in 2017. So I think the due theory is in play, which means he's due for a big game, and I think it, it'll be this weekend. Doreen, I have to go with Jared Goff in this matchup against Carson Wentz, his draft mate from 2016, especially when Jared's getting you a point, a point and a half with his feet, right? I mean, that's a difference in a fantasy matchup these days. So if he's going uh, full giraffe mode, I like Jared Goff as a dual threat. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he's good for 300-plus passing, and without a touchdown last week, I think he gets three this week. And then a sneaky pick, if you need a, if you need a handcuff receiver matchup, I think Van Jefferson could have a big week. If we're, if we're saying Slay rolls with Woods and uh, NRC battles Cup, who's that third threat going to be in the passing game? Um, I think DeMarco's all over it with Higby, but either Josh Reynolds or Van Jefferson could uh, put up some points too. Wow, That's a good sneaky pick. Uh, I'm actually going with the Rams defense. This is a pick-your-poison scenario. You don't want to knock on Washington's de defensive line again. I said it before. I watched the game. 99 really impressed me. But no one impresses me more than the Rams number 99, Aaron Donald. You want to double team him? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Then move down the line. You're going to have Micah Kaiser, who's played every snap against the Cowboys. I see him having a huge game. He got this first one under his belt. And then watching Carson Wentz hold that ball for years and years, go ahead and hold that ball. Go ahead, we'll force you to make a bad pass. Because who do we have in our secondary? We have Jalen Ramsey. We have John Johnson, who told me he wants to get the first interception for the Rams this season. JJ with the interception. I see the defense racking up some points this one. So I'm going with the Rams defense for our sit fantasy picks. Let's go. I like Take it. it on. I like Good it. stuff, Serena. Hey, for those gentlemen who have played there, MJD and DeMarco, uh, is Philadelphia really as bad as its reputation on opposing players, and how much of a break are the Rams catching by not having fans in the seats? Uh, I played there my rookie year. I mean, there's little kids that flip you off. They throw acorns and batteries <laughs> at you. I mean, it's the use. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing that I haven't seen when you go to Pullman, Washington, and stuff like that. It's the same, it's the same difference. Oh, except they don't throw batteries in Pullman. No. <laughs> They throw dog bones at me, but, I mean, not batteries. Uh, yeah, batteries skipped off my head in Philadelphia uh, way back when. It scared the, the dog out of me, but they're real. It's, it's, about as, it's about as passionate as Pittsburgh is for the Steelers, but it's just a little bit more of a violent element <laughs> to their fan base. Mm -hmm. So it's real in Philadelphia. It's a tough place to play. Well, there was no home field advantage in the NFL in week one. Eight and eight, the home teams were. The Rams were winners. Now can they go out on the road and start their season with a 2-0 and start against the Philadelphia Eagles? Thank you, Serena. Thank you, MJD and DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Whether you watch this live on social and digital or if you're catching the podcast, this has been Between the Horns. We'll be with you every Thursday morning throughout the season.